Welcome to Slowpreneur, a podcast about building a business without the busy. I'm your host, Stephanie Pellet, and I'm a coach for thoughtful, values-based entrepreneurs just like you. On this show, we talk about creating a business with intention, heart, and sustainability in mind. Join me as I connect with my friends and clients and share my own reflections on why slow and steady entrepreneurship will always win the race. On today's episode, I'm talking to Julia Nethersoul of Glass Full about practicing self and community care, creating rituals, and giving ourselves permission to evolve. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Slowpreneur. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited about this episode because I sat down with my friend Julia of Glass Full and we talked about so many things. We talked about ritual. We talked about attention. We talked about self-care. We talked about community care. We talked about how we necessarily are cyclical seasonal beings that change over time and what we need is going to change over time. And that goes for our businesses as well. It's a really rich conversation. It's very deep because that's what we like to do. We like to skip the small talk and just go to the deep end of the pool, as Julia says at some point in this episode. So I really hope that you come along for this journey with us because I think some of the ideas that Julia is sharing and the way that she looks at the world, the way that she's living her life and building her business is the kind of inspiration that I think we all need to give ourselves permission to change, to respond to what's needed in the moment, to bring our unique and special light to the world. And I think that Julia is doing that in her very glassful way. I'm so excited to know her and to be able to follow along as she's building this business. And I think by the end of this episode, you will love her too. So without further ado, let's get into the episode and hear from Julia. Hi, Julia. Hi, Stephanie. I'm so happy to have you here on my couch. I'm very happy to be here. I love this couch. I think it's worth mentioning. It's a perfect couch. (laughs) It's a pink velvet couch for those who haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, and it has a whole story of its own. But yeah, I'm so happy to have you here and to talk about your business, Glassful. I wanted to start by just reading something, if you'll allow me, about elevator pitches. I saw this recently mm. and I was like, this embodies everything I think about elevator pitches. So go on. This is from Clorinda T. Braun on Twitter. And it says, the only reason why crafting elevator pitches are so important is because they live in a colonial business framework that doesn't allow time for the building of authentic relationship. Impress me in two minutes or you've lost me. It comes with a focus on what's in it for me, a forced expectation that what you share has to center the other. So I Mm -hmm. hate them. The whole Mm -hmm. tweet, like the whole thread is amazing. Um, But it just solidified for me that when I'm interviewing people, (laughs) I don't want to force them to do an elevator pitch to explain their business. We got time. Ugh, that speaks <laughs> directly to my long-winded soul. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to like nail down an elevator pitch and I just can't. I don't think I am by nature an elevator pitch person. I don't want brief. I want deep. I want more. I want to know, you know, both with my relationships and in business, like, let's go there. So I really love that. And I feel like that was like a nice permission slip for me to, uh, talk for a really long time and for maybe for you to do a lot of editing. (laughs) No, bring it on. Um, 
so I wanted to give that context because I do want you to introduce yourself and mm-hmm. your business. Um, but yeah, permission slip granted. Tell us about you Wonderful. and Glass Full. Well, as you said, I'm Julia. And I didn't think as much about how I would introduce myself. I was thinking more talking about Glass Full. But I guess off the top of my head, um, some of the ways that I would situate myself in the world, in my world, is as an older sister as um, a girlfriend, a very loving girlfriend of somebody that I love very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Glassful, as he is lovingly known. <laughs> we love him. Um, I am a Leo sun, Virgo rising, Capricorn moon. I'm a Capricorn moon. Are you? We've never talked about How that. Have we never talked about that? Oh my that? gosh, that's next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... I, I guess I'm just somebody who cares a lot about stories and yours, mine, ours collectively. And I think that that is very much of where Glassful started is through the desire to figure things out together from a perspective of well-being and mm. self-care and that kind of deeper, messier shadowier work of unraveling what it feels like to truly be well in a world that requires us to shift our definition of well all the time mm-hmm. yeah that's so beautiful and the, the togetherness part I think is what you bring so much to the forefront of all your work it's not just about going inward it's about connecting outward as well with what you find on the yeah. inside yeah that's really big for me because I think at the beginning, and I think this is kind of often a lot of people's journeys, you start your kind of deep dive, whether it's through therapy or through just growing up and maturing in the world or through this nudge that's telling you to look deeper, go further. And it's so egocentric in a Mm. way, not necessarily with any kind of negative value judgment attached to that, but it is. It's literally you figuring yourself out and making your way through the world and having your coming of age moments at whatever age you happen to be as you're doing this. (laughs) And I think that in those moments of going so deeply into ourselves, we forget that everyone is doing this. Everyone has their own thing that they're uncovering their own puzzles that they're putting together about themselves and it just like helps you to zoom out a little bit of your own experience and realize like oh this person is hurting I can have compassion for that because I felt this and that experience is being mirrored somewhere else and it's also like we can help each other Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that it's not enough to just be mm-hmm. inside ourselves and uncovering every lesson of our souls if we're not then yeah. using that to build relationships. Totally. I think that's really beautiful. I just realized we're literally not even two minutes in. <laughs> I'm already like so far into the deep end of the pool. <laughs> Listen, uh, this is the deep end of the pool kind of a podcast. <laughs> it's that's... called Slowpreneur. It could have been called Deeppreneur. It's true. That's true. It wasn't. I'm in good company. Yes, you are. Um, let's keep going. Let's keep waiting, shall we? Um, Let us. I really want to know how you came to choose the name Glassful and what it means to you. Because obviously it's a very famous phrase, mm-hmm. but it probably has a specific significance to you. So yeah. tell us about Glassful. Well, I'm glad you asked because I think a lot of people see it and they're 
immediate impression is that it's glass half full Hmm. or that kind of optimism phrase of, you know, I'm a glass full, are you a glass empty person? And what it actually means is that it's a riff off of that expression, you can't pour from an empty cup. Usually you Mm. hear cup, but I like the word glass better than I like the word cup. So I took some... (laughs) Cup full. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It doesn't ring as nicely. So I took some poetic liberties and Mm. chose glass full. And it really comes from this place of you cannot show up in the world. You can't meet others deeply. You can't give fully. You can't really be the fullest expression of who you're meant to be in this world if you're not giving to yourself first. Mm. So it all it comes entirely from this place of filling yourself first. I love that because it feels to me like it's sort of what we were just talking about, that it's been baked in from the very beginning, that it's about this inward to outward, like self to community. And actually, I have your tagline here oh that I got off of your Instagram and so I'm just going to read it because I think it ties in so well Glassful was founded to encourage each of us to seek that feeling of fullness so that we are better equipped to pour into others because self-care and community care go hand in hand mm. did I write that you did <laughs> it's funny because you sometimes have those splashes of moments of like writing things that you like and resonate with and then you hear it reflected back to you and I'm like yeah that's I love that I still stand for that. that's how I feel yeah yeah it's really it's really cool because I think on an intuitive level we we get that yeah you can't you can't pour from an empty glass but I do think that sometimes we forget we think that we have to be doing everything for everyone else mm. Or we have to be doing everything for ourselves. And it's this really beautiful balance that you're talking about. It's like one for the other. And then the other feeds back. Yeah, it's like a feedback it's a, loop. Totally. It's a circle. And it's interesting too because it can so often be one of those sticky lessons in life that you are consistently learning. Mm. Like you can know it in practice or in theory. And then in practice when life throws at you these various different situations that make it hard to practice that knowledge it 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 does bear consistent reminding for myself as well like I you know created a whole business off of this idea of pouring into yourself and making sure that you are well so that you can feed into others and I so often find myself neglecting my own needs or betraying my self and it's just this you know and there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's part of it, but it's just this kind of desire to always be thinking about it mm-hmm. and make it a priority. Mm-hmm. It strikes me too, as you're talking that I feel that there's kind of, you're either good at one or the other in mm. some ways, or, or one is your tendency. So maybe as you're saying, when things get hard and it's harder to practice, I think some of us have the tendency to just be pouring and they might be pouring from an empty glass. Mm. Whereas, sorry, outward is what I mean. So pouring into others. So doing things for other people, running around, helping others with things. Whereas other people have the tendency when things get hard to just go inward and be like, I can't deal with any of that. I need to make sure I'm taking care of myself. And I think it's kind of important to know which which you are. Yeah. I think I'm more of the second. When things get hard, I'm like, let me go into hermit mode. Let me just take care of myself and not think about anybody else. Whereas my partner is definitely more of the first where Mm. he's going out into the world, he's going to help other people and then he might struggle to fill his own glass. Yeah. 
Yeah, totally. And I think it's good to be always consistently reminded not to create these false dichotomies around anything. You can take care of yourself and you can pour out, Absolutely. you know, like there can be that space in between. And that I think is very much the sweet spot mm -hmm. and not penalizing yourself for when you naturally slip a little bit further into whatever your natural groove is, you know, mm -hmm. that happens, but it's like, okay, how can we just consistently recalibrate and remind ourselves like, okay, you've got to find your middle ground. Mm -hmm. I really would like to talk about how this shows up for you because I think what I love most and why I wanted to talk to you for the show is that you really embody this mission of your business because you pour into others and you pour into yourself and you show both of those things. You model both of those things mm -hmm. because your Instagram account is a pouring out. It's a, here's a prompt. Here's a thing I learned. Here's a thing I noticed. And it's, here's the thing I'm doing for myself. Here's a ritual I'm trying. Here's a practice I've started in my mornings. And that balance that you're constantly finding, that tightrope that you're walking between sort of these two elements of life, the inward and the outward, is really, really cool to see and inspiring. And I think mm. probably a lot of people in your community, that's why we follow you, is because you are sort of embodying that. So... I would love to talk about both of those things, but maybe let's start with the filling your own glass. Like, what do you do in your life that helps you fill your glass the most? Mm. Well, first of all, thank you. It's really an honor to be seen in that kind of way and to feel that sort of reflection of what I'm putting into the world um, is being perceived in that way. So I appreciate that. Hey. Uh, and what I'm doing, and the biggest thing that I often say about filling your own glass is that we are cyclical beings. Mm. What we need is never going to stay as this static thing. I can't imagine 2019 me needing what I needed in March, April, May, June, 2020, right? Like we are always going to be products of the environment around us. And so I would say there are some things for me that are constant and they are the kind of bigger things. Like I need to be getting fresh air. I need sun. I need walks. That doesn't really change based on the season. Some seasons I neglect that a lot more than others <laughs> and I fight it and mm -hmm. I don't want to get it and I haven't quite figured out why that happens sometimes and I don't really know that I need to or I'm meant to but that resistance is always part of it too mm -hmm. but walks are big for me reading is <laughs> one of my greatest loves that we share and I feel like we could have a whole episode on reading <laughs> sure and could. books <laughs> but reading has always always been my safe space to go into another world and feel replenished and writing does that for me too, journaling. Mm -hmm. Lately, my mornings are, I love going out into the living room in our place. And the second I wake up, I open up all the curtains and the light just spills onto my desk. And I use that time when the sun is shining like perfectly on my desk to write in my journal in the mornings. Sometimes I'll make tea, I'll have room temperature water with lemon <laughs> for my liver. <laughs> And uh, I really do. I love, love that time. I'm a morning person. We were chatting about this earlier. It just feels like that space and time is time for me to fill myself, to charge in the sunlight, to 
get my thoughts out on page. And the, the journaling that I'm doing right now in the mornings is actually big dream journaling. So mm. uh, not my actual dreams that I have during the night, but big, scary, far-flung dreams that I have. Every single day I take a page and just write them down. And so many of them are just like, I wake up in the sun in a tropical place and do yoga. But some of them are like, I'm on a podcast with Brene Brown and, you know, Mm -hmm. like these wild things that are just that feel sometimes almost embarrassing to write Mm -hmm. because they just feel so audacious. Like, how dare I think, you know, (laughs) but I think it's important to start the day with something that feels exciting. And so doing that in my little sunlit desk is my current uh, glass filling that's ritual beautiful I love it so much it's it there's so many things I want to say from what you just said big dream journaling sounds so amazing do you ever repeat them and just give more detail or is it almost always a new dream uh I do repeat them a lot yeah. like for example there's one recurring one that's basically just pages of describing the house that I'm gonna wow. own one day so sometimes it's the room that will be kind of like my special space and I talk about the bookshelves Mm -hmm. and then sometimes I talk about on another page or another week or another month I talk about the kitchen Mm -hmm. Uh, I need to do a better job of going back and reading through past entries Mm -hmm. so I can see more of the the links but there was one that was like I would say from when I started it on January 1st to like mid-February it would happen once a week where I just talked about sun I talked about waking up to the birds in a tropical place. I talked about waking up with Shane, my my partner, in somewhere, like, just beautiful. It was always, usually Jamaica, just, like, somewhere that felt like home but away from home, but, like, sun. Mm-hmm. And then we did end up having that trip. So it was one of those things where it just, like, I woke up on the first day of our trip and I was like, this is straight out of my dream journal yeah that's that was so a nice cool. experience yeah you got to hang on to that because when you have that house and you look back and just all the things that are the exact same <laughs> it's gonna be so amazing I I also loved what you said um and just thank you for that reminder about the fact that we're cyclical and seasonal and the rhythms that we find in our days are going to change depending mm. on the season that we're in I have this phrase I like to use because I struggle with this a lot, which is that you are not a robot. Um, Mm. That phrase is something I have to remind myself a lot, both in terms of going through my day, trying to get the same level of productivity out of myself every day. But also in this conversation, it's reminding me, you're also not a robot in terms of what you need to recharge. Like you don't just have a plug that you plug into the wall and then you're charged up again. You're an organic human living being and your needs will change and your energy levels will change and everything will change. So I like that you're pushing back against the question. Like it's not that there's one thing that will fill your glass. Mm. It's a... It's a presence, I think, a presence in your life to notice what you need in a particular moment. Absolutely. I love how you put that. It is exactly that, a presence in your life. And it really just comes down to mindfulness. Mm -hmm. It comes down to giving yourself the space to really hear what you need. Mm -hmm. And that's a scary thing to do. Mm -hmm. That is a scary thing to do, especially because sometimes you'll stop and listen and realize I can't give myself that right now. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you'll stop and listen and think like, you know, feelings of guilt and shame will overwhelm you because you're like, okay, how long has it been since I haven't been giving myself that? You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not an easy thing to really sit 
with yourself and listen to what you need. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's okay to have that sort of fear around it. But I think that also when you allow yourself to do that, it really creates the space for you to bring those rituals into your life. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think you're so, what I love so much about your work is that you do acknowledge the shadow. You know, we've been having these, these jokes in our personal Mm. lives recently that none of us want to be just like a white woman's wellness space, Mm -hmm. or in my case, business space or whatever space you might be holding. Um, And that's just a shorthand for the kind of sort of toxic positivity, like love and light situation. I see one more post signed love and light. (laughs) I got no problem with love or light, but I was talking about this with my partner recently and I was like, what annoys me about that phrase is that it doesn't take into account that love also has so much darkness in it, you know, love when things are hard, love when things are challenging, um, the kind of love that's sort of confrontational and forces you to look at your shit Mm. or light. You can't have light without shadow, without darkness, without all of these other things. And so why I memeify that in my mind, this like love and light situation is because it's so ironic to me that the same people that sign things love and light also make no room for the dark or for the challenging parts of love. And so I think you reminding us that it is also difficult to do this for ourselves, that it does come with fear, that it does come with shame, that it does come with guilt or anxiety you know, Mm. and and it strikes me with your big dreams, right? It's a way of acknowledging this is something I want that I can't have, but how can I still make space in my life to, to want it? Yeah. And that's vulnerable. Thank you. It was actually my friend Divya who first taught me about this practice years and years and years ago. And she has so much wisdom and I wish I had adopted it sooner because it does Mm. really help you. But I do kind of love what you said about this memification and the love and light and looking at that from a space of realizing that like we it's okay to be more Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like I I do think there was for a very long time especially in the wellness space like and I think especially in the wellness space as it shows up on social media especially Mm -hmm. on platforms like Instagram Mm -hmm. it's hard to know how to be your full self there yeah it's hard to know how to show especially when you're supposed to be quote unquote an expert on some kind of things you're supposed to be speaking to a topic I think that's the the way that I had to come at this because I had so much imposter syndrome when I was Mm -hmm. starting I was obsessed with talking about the fact that I just didn't have the qualifications of Mm -hmm. of a wellness practitioner I'm not a therapist. I am not somebody who is trained to coach or or professionally be hired to like bring people to these wellness spaces. So I was really intentional about always saying like, this is me on a journey and I'm just bringing you along. And if this works for me, I want to share it in case this works for you too. Mm-hmm. And I, I just really value when other people have that level of vulnerability and authenticity and are able to say I don't have anything figured it out figured figured it figured out (laughs) I am not 
you know, this guiding light that's going to take you from here to here. Like I have never been in the business of trying to promise results or healing or if you do this journaling prompt, you're going to change your whole life. And here's (laughs) how you can manage, you know, like that's just, that's just not how I have been able to look at the world because I'm, I'm just a human figuring it out and Mm -hmm. trying to share what's been helpful for me along the way. Mm. And that's what the outpouring is. That's what that part of what I can give to the world is, is like, okay, if I'm doing this for me, if I'm noticing, if I'm just showing up and doing the things that make me feel good as a human in the world, then maybe there is something in my human expression that could be valuable to someone else. Mm This episode of Slowpreneur is sponsored by The Profoundary, a coaching and community program for thoughtful entrepreneurs run by yours truly. If you've been looking for a supportive group of business besties who share your values and really get it, this could be the perfect membership for you because these people are truly amazing. Every month in the program, we have a bunch of different calls. For example, productivity parties to get our work done together, workshops on things like project planning, balance and boundaries, or goal setting. And we often do creative think tanks that offer custom group coaching for members for whatever they might be struggling with. We also have a really supportive Slack community with weekly check-ins. We have a resource library full of recordings and interesting workshops and a business book club so that you can learn about business from interesting and diverse authors. If this sounds like your cup of tea, I'd love for you to come check it out. You can learn more and get your first productivity party pass for free by going to stephaniepellet.com slash profoundary. I would love to see you there. This is making me think of the full part of the business name, Hmm. glass full, that it's also about the fullness of who you are, right? That your Instagram, which is beautiful, is also not like this overly curated thing where Mm. every single photo is (laughs) staged and it's, I mean, I did try that for a little bit and it just (laughs) didn't work for me (laughs) because it wasn't, it wasn't full enough to capture the real contours of your life and everything that you live in your Mm. everyday and I'm not trying to say like nobody go to to Julia's Instagram thinking it's ugly it is not (laughs) ugly it's just not fake yeah it's not fake to this level of perfect curation that we see Mm. but as I was thinking about what I wanted to talk to you about I think what that represents to me your Instagram what you choose to share all of the photos that you take everything it all represents to me that idea that we were just talking about, about having presence in your actual life Mm -hmm. and the fullness of your actual life. And I wanted to talk to you about the way that you, what I think you do curate really well is your attention. You're really, really good at cultivating your attention and curating Mm. your attention. Thank you. My word of the year is is present, ironically. Mm. And I've been noticing how much, Presence just has to do with where my attention is. And I'm noticing when I'm not present, it's when my attention is divided. So if I'm on a walk with Bruno and I'm trying to be on my phone at the same time, Mm. it's a worse walk for him and it's a worse walk for me. It's not as good of of an experience. And I think you do, you have so many intentional practices that I am obsessed with. I love watching (laughs) them. On the way here, you told me about a conversation you were present for, you were 
walking behind a dad and his son (laughs) and you're so present in that. So I want to talk to you about your noticing good things practice and also your daily soak that you've started this Mm. year, because both of those I feel like are, they're, they're practices. They're practices in cultivating what you want to pay attention to and then pulling that out Mm. and having a way to share that. Um, that's a good question. I feel like the noticing nice things, I think I, well, I don't think I will say with confidence that I am a writer mm-hmm. and the thing about writers is that we notice, we observe, we participate in the world and we reflect the world through stories and narration mm. and I'm a reader. So I'm always living in stories and I think that my noticing nice things in the world has just always been a part of who I am like before I had glass full I found my first nice things post which was actually just a note that I wrote to myself in like 2014 about something cute that I saw or a smile exchanged with a stranger and Someone recently asked me, like, are there any books I can read to kind of notice these things or cultivate it? Like, how did you? And I wish I could have offered more substance or more direction. But this is something with, you know, I don't really know how to say it without outright saying this is just who I am. Mm. This is just something that I have always done. And it's just part of how my unique signature blueprint of who I am looks at the world and experiences the world and I think that one thing that I finally accepted is that for all of us there's magic in that Mm -hmm. there is so much to be said for recognizing what we innately are and who we innately are and how that is something that can be offered to the world Mm -hmm. how that in itself has purpose and this noticing is something that I have always done and written about in my journals and kind of like collected and sometimes not even gathered anywhere, Mm. just observed. And, um, I think that finally realizing like, Oh, this is something you could share, or maybe this would be a nice thing for people to read. Um, it wasn't really until I started sharing them on my personal account a couple years ago and I just would get so many messages about it Mm -hmm. and people love to read them. Mm -hmm. And I think it was one of those things where a lot of the time you, it's, it's hard to be aware of your own special thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, it's just this practice of mindfulness, the way that I, see the world and want to experience the world which is being involved and I think part of that is just kind of being an extrovert and being nosy and curious (laughs) (laughs) and just wanting to kind of have the tea like oh these people are having conversation like I can't sit (laughs) my boyfriend and I talk about this often like he would go to cafes to work like really really noisy cafes Uh and I would go to this like we both went to Miguel so you probably know about Burke's library Uh which is like it has this like characteristic angry man with a long beard who would silence you for whispering. <laughs> and that's where I had to work because if I was working in a noisy cafe, I would I would know about everything that's going on around me. Right. I would have made stories up about the person. Anyways, I'm going on a tangent. But all of this to say, I like to be in the world around me. I'm curious about mm. people. I'm curious about humans because mm-hmm. that's my passion. I mm-hmm. love 
people and mm-hmm. I want to see us well and yeah. I want to know what that looks like. Mm. It's it's really cool hearing you talk about it because I do think you're right. Like in some ways it's your personal gift and that's what brings such a spark to everything you share is the way that you see the world is so special, right? It's so Julia. And it also strikes me that's why it's so inspiring because maybe it's not something that the rest of us are as attuned to. Mm. But it might be something that we could learn to be more attuned to or take inspiration from the way that you walk through life. If you're walking through life with a note on your phone that says nice things that I observed in my neighborhood and in the world, that is something that strikes me when I read it as, oh, that's something I could also have. It's something I could also do. And as not an extrovert, an introvert, it also makes me think of ways that I could choose to be more present in the world Mm. because I'll often walk around, I'm guessing on the walk here, you weren't wearing headphones, you weren't listening to a podcast, you were walking slowly behind very slowly <laughs> always very you, slowly you walk slowly and I don't mean that in a negative way yeah. I mean that in a you're here you're yeah. there yeah um so you're walking behind this this dad and his son and then you have this little story to tell me when you got here of just delight and just a conversation that just brought you interest and joy and curiosity mm. whereas I'm usually walking around with headphones in and I'm listening to something or I'm rushing or I'm not walking slowly or I'm, I'm trying to deal with the dog. Like, I think there are ways that we can take inspiration from from how you see things. Um, I, I, I love that. And I think that it can be ritualized, like yeah. what you said. Like, it can just often just be, oh, it's a note in your phone. And when mm-hmm. you when you start thinking about how there is opportunity for magic everywhere you start finding it Mm. you know it's very much one of those things that finds itself when you're looking for it yes it reminds me a lot I used to do these color walks when I was in university in Korea Mm. and when I lived in Korea where I would just take my camera and I would choose a color and I would just walk around um and just only take pictures of things that were that color and then at the end I would have you know, a whole blog post of purple. (laughs) I love that. And when you leave the house, you think, oh, I'm not going to find anything purple. How many things are there that are purple in this block? And then you start to see all the things that are purple. So sometimes I think it's just about creating the context for yourself. Like I'm looking for good things. That's my orientation to the world. And so once I have that box, Mm -hmm. you know, in my head of things, you know, that I'm looking for, then I can start to fill the box. I can start to find those, those mini moments and opportunities or with your daily soak practice. Soak Mm -hmm. is your word of the year. Mm -hmm. And now you're looking for a moment each day to just soak in is that it yeah yeah absolutely it's that deep sense of presence our words are very similar essentially Mm -hmm. soak is about presence Mm -hmm. it's about taking something and being fully alive in it Mm -hmm. and I think that honestly it's so easy to spend and I do this all the time and I catch myself like just spending hours mindlessly scrolling right or even escape reading, which I do a lot too, and I have mm-hmm. to be mindful of mindful of my reading because how much am I just not being present when I'm trying to read? You know, like there's there's balance for everything, I think, uh, even though it took me a long time to admit that about reading. <laughs> but, reading is perfect. Yeah, reading no is criticism perfect. can no, be had. No criticism at all. <laughs> no, it's true though. But um, yeah, this idea of soak is really just 
how can I be fully alive in just one moment of every single day? And today it was, I was leaving to come here. I was getting all of my things, doing my last check, making sure I had my keys. And I just looked at the, I stood at the corner of our front door facing out into our living room and it was that sun again it's always the sun for me Mm. but it was coming in at such an angle that it just like felt like such a hopeful day it was Mm. a morning I was excited to come have this conversation with you and I just felt good Mm. and happy and well and I was like this is my soak moment just Mm. looking into my living room and being grateful for where I live and the opportunity to have this. And I will say a lot of this disposition comes from the level of privilege that I have too. Like mm. I have certain things that I don't have to worry about. It's there are some, you know, things in life that were set up for me that allowed me to feel optimistic in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And that's in a huge way how I was raised as well. Like mm-hmm. I which, you know, does I think I did struggle with that concept of toxic positivity that we touched on before. Like it was easy for me to, and I had to learn how to not go into that area, but I was raised with optimism as a value and Mm. as something that we sort of spoke about regularly. It was like, I remember being scolded for saying I couldn't do something. And I think one of my parents said, well, if you think you can't, then you definitely can't. Mm -hmm. And it was just very much the mentality that we were Mm. raised with Mm -hmm. of like, positive thinking right right so it comes from all kinds of contexts yeah, in your life. yeah. exactly and, and it's, it's something you've practiced yes exactly exactly mm-hmm. yeah I think that's really neat and I think that's shown up a lot of the ways that I have tried to do this for myself have also been these practices where I create that box we were just talking about mm-hmm. and then try to fill it I know you in the past have done one second every day as mm-hmm. well, which is something that I love to do where you take a video every day and then you get to play them back. And I think that's also another noticing practice totally. in your life. But it gives this really beautiful context to everything you share on Instagram because when you're sharing that daily soak, when you're sharing those nice things, I see it as you creating an invitation for people to Mm. start to see their own lives in that way or start to move through the world in that way. Is that kind of how you see your Instagram presence? Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I hope for it to be. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I get away from that. And sometimes it's easy to just like get lost in the business of Instagram and Mm. feel like you have to be posting to be posting. And it could look like that, you know, like, oh, daily soak. It's like a way to get on stories every day. It's a way to be interactive. Quite frankly, it becomes like uh, every once in a while soak because I often forget (laughs) to do it or I forget to post it, which kind of is a whole other pocket of how I use the the app itself. However, uh, I do think that it just comes back to this. This is what I'm doing for me. Let me share this. If it resonates with you, try it on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as a result, you've really built quite a community on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I think people who are following along and noticing what you're posting, being inspired by the prompts that you're sharing. Has that turned into something in your life now where you're very conscious of that community? Is it something that you're excited about? What, how do you feel about the community that you've created? Yeah, I, First of all, have to shout out neighbor Becky. Neighbor Becky. Yeah, because I do feel like a lot of people 
on Instagram have found me through her sharing my posts, supporting Glassful in every single way. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a real gift because it's allowed me to connect with like-minded people and to even view myself in a different light when somebody Mm -hmm. is seeing this kind of value in you and you know it's easy to have those impostery moments especially when you start an events-based business going into a pandemic and then I just like often don't use the app and forget that I have a business I do (laughs) I work full-time so like Glassful is very much for me started as something that I wanted to do on the side just with retreats and Mm -hmm. and events and then I think having this space to still build community has been such a gift. And mm-hmm. I, I've i literally, you know, a lot of people on Instagram, mostly people who have very large followings, will often make note of and reflect on a lot of meanness and sort mm. of like the harsh hurting humans that come to their inboxes with unkindness and... I have never experienced anything like that on Instagram. Mm. Like I've just been very lucky to have found, yeah, some people that I would call friends, you know, like there are people that I DM with that live in different parts of the world that I wouldn't know if it weren't for that little pocket of the internet. And I'm very, very grateful for it. I'm very grateful that people want to share and have these conversations and that we are building this community of care Mm -hmm. that feels to me like a way of using the app with integrity Mm -hmm. and with maybe a little bit of counterintuitive notions in Mm -hmm. there. However, I just, yeah, I just really feel lucky. Yeah. I feel lucky to get to have built, like-minded friends and Mm. hopefully there will be more times for us to be IRL soon Mm -hmm. well it's it's like you're lucky but also you built it you said it in that same sentence you're Mm. lucky to have built it yeah it's it's like we're lucky but also that's you that's Mm. what you've put out there that's the beacon you know sometimes I talk about like being like a magnet Mm. so having a strong yes for people and also a strong no for other people And I do think that by embodying that place of messiness and that place of wholeness and fullness and all of the things that you bring to bear, you're very honest. You know, when we read your Instagram, I feel like I have a sense of what you're going through and even the ways that you don't show up Mm. or the times that you don't show up. (laughs) Yeah. My long gaps. (laughs) Yes. But long gaps. It's the same thing we were talking about earlier. We're Mm -hmm. cyclical, seasonal creatures. We do not need to be in the exact same way every single day on this app and you have still managed to create a community that really actually is the presence in your life I think that's so beautiful and you know often in business the hardest part is finding the audience Mm. right you can have your offerings all day but if you don't have people who are true fans of what you're doing it's a little bit of a harder path and so you out of necessity had to kind of pivot to creating this online community. But I have zero doubt that with the community that you've built around your shared values, now no matter what you choose to do next, you're going to have so many options Mm. for what you can offer. And or you have a two-way relationship, so it can also be about what am I seeing 
that mm. these people mm-hmm. would want or need from me? What can I ask them <laughs> that they want or need? Yeah. One of my favorite things you do is when you like poll your community, you ask them a question and then you share the answers on your stories. Mm. And it's always these beautiful reflections or suggestions or thoughts. Yeah. It's just a really cool it's, group of people. It really, really is. And you know, and I often think this, like when people unfollow, I'm like, okay, that's good. I don't have to <laughs> feel the pressure of like somebody eye rolling at my 10 year long captions or, <laughs> you know, my lack of pictures of my face, which I'm trying to get better at, mm. you know? So I, I do feel that, like, I feel very much that the people that are there are aligned and mm-hmm. that they, we are on this little figuring it out life journey together and we're friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. I did want to talk about the business part. So the retreat and the thing and the thing, because yeah. I want to talk about it in like the opposite way that you might be used to. My friend or was talking about this recently where she read Vivek Shreya's new book, People Change. And in that book, they were talking about how our culture in general sort of frowns on change and sort of is suspicious Mm. of people changing their minds. And I haven't read the book yet, so I can't speak to it directly. But that concept that people like it when you're in one lane (laughs) and you just stay in your lane and you keep doing your lane and that's it. But I think as we've been talking about these themes of fullness and wholeness and and evolving mm-hmm. and pandemic and your full-time job and your needs and, you know, your cyclical nature, your business has changed. And so I want to talk about that, but not from a place of shame, mm-hmm. not from a place of guilt that it started with one thing and now it's something else, but more of a place of evolution. So yeah. how have things shifted for you? And then as a result, what has that turned into for the business of Glassful? I've been slowly understanding and learning that I am my business. Mm. Glassful is not separate from me. It is very much a mirror of what I'm experiencing, what I'm putting into the world. And I have changed so much over the years. I mean, my close friends will laugh (laughs) like hearing this but I've been a lot of people I have you know had various beliefs and ideologies and like things that I've held so dear that I no longer do and that I've released and I used to have so much shame around that Mm -hmm. I used to feel so much like I couldn't be a person of integrity if I was able to change my views, change my ideological beliefs, change how I was about something. Mm, mm -hmm. And I think that releasing that shame has allowed me similarly, as it relates to glass full, to release the shame of feeling like my business is changing and has necessarily had to change. That's not to say I don't still struggle with it, but if I'm going to evolve, like, of course, this thing that's an extension of me is going to do the same. And how could it not in the environment that we've been in in the last two years? If you haven't changed in the last two years, (laughs) then I feel like you must have your head in the ground, you know? Like, there's, there's not, I don't think it's possible to experience the collective trauma that we have in a global pandemic and not come out in a different kind of way. And I think that should go for our organizations, our societal ways of showing up and our businesses and ourselves. Mm -hmm. So 
more specifically, I guess, Glasswell started as uh, the tagline was bringing people together in the name of self-care through events, retreats, and workshops. And it mm-hmm. really started because I wanted to have a retreat. <laughs> and <laughs> I did the retreat. It was incredible. There were, you know, 25 people there and we, you know, did all the things and then the pandemic hit and the spring ret- spring 2020 retreat that I had planned had to be canceled. And then I was quiet for a long time and then, you know, we started getting into Instagram and building things there. And then... I started to think like, okay, I do work in events and communications in my nine to five and I have done a lot of bringing people physically together and I have been trying to figure out as we re-enter, what does that look like now and how does Glassful bringing people together, especially now that we've we've like held hands and gone a bit deeper together. Like we don't necessarily want to just do yoga and eat plant-based food. And, you know, I think, and I I hope we want to uncover some layers a little bit and figure out what connection looks like in a way that feels more intentional and maybe less about feeling good And coming out of it, finding your bliss and, you know, the neat manicured, like, florals on the table and the vision of an event from, like, an aesthetic perspective. Yeah, that's still cute and I love all that stuff and it still matters, but it's not... I think when I was going into Glassful, I I had a lot of that in mind. was like, oh, and then there'll be little notebooks on the bed for when they all come and then there's this. Like, I was picturing it, but I wasn't feeling it. Mm. And now as I'm thinking about what it'll be like to bring people together again, I'm coming at it from this perspective of like, how do we need to truly show? It's about presence again. It keeps coming back to that. Yeah. It's like, what does it look like to be fully present as ourselves in these spaces? I don't know if that makes sense. I'm trying to fully embodied. Yes, exactly. It's like embodied and also being honest and looking Mm -hmm. at like, okay, we're all coming out of this like a little hairier, a little like, not literally hairier, but like, (laughs) maybe we are. I I mean, probably. probably (laughs) Um, But, you know, we've been through shit. Like, how do we sit together now and not ignore that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. We've talked about this. We've talked about this before. And it's just like showing up with honesty and, and connection that feels like, yeah, this shit's been hard. Let's talk about it. And also, like, let's still figure out what feels good to us despite this mm. hardship. Mm-hmm. That's, it's so good. It's so good, Julia. And this is why I think your business feels like such a beacon to me because you're asking the hard questions. You're asking those questions right now. How do we do this? How do we come mm. together? How do we show up with honesty? We don't necessarily have the answers. None of us have done this before. No. But it's exactly what you just said of if we have not been changed and we aren't honest about that change, then we are living in a fantasy world. We are living in a fake version of reality. And I think that I'm not interested in that. You're not interested in that. Most people, even if they want to just quote unquote go back to normal which we all know is not really 
a thing that is possible in our version of normal was ignoring a lot of the systemic inequalities and everything that was wrong with our culture. But if we want to go back to that place, we're basically saying, I want to just ignore what's actually going on. And I just want the pretty flowers and the pretty notebooks Mm. and all the things. And so, yeah, I think it's just really beautiful and like this bittersweet, like poignant see of what you're talking about that it's like, yeah, sure. We all want the sort of manicured version that's like, la, 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 plug my ears, put my head in the sand. There's a part of us that wants that. There's a part of us that's like, that's kind of appealing because the other stuff is hard to look at. Mm. But it reminds me of what you were talking about before, about even on an individual level, what do I need right now? And sometimes that's going to come with pain or regret or sorrow or frustration. What we need right now on a collective level also might come with pain and regret and sorrow and frustration. Absolutely. But if we want to live honestly and we want the medicine that's actually going to work because the flowers are not going to work for very long, they might work for a moment. Mm -hmm. They're not going to work forever. Then we need to be asking these hard questions and like trying to find new ways. Yeah, absolutely. And that doesn't always need to be as like deep and dark and scary as like every moment of the day. We're just answering these hard questions like, no <laughs> for sure that is not how I live my life like right, right. I you know I give me the depth but also like give me the memes mm-hmm. give me the light <laughs> give me the you know it's it's acknowledging that like when we show up next we have to show up with the recognition that we are changed mm-hmm. we have to show up choosing to be aware that some people like I'm, I'll talk really specifically like if I were to have a gathering now or in the next little bit, I would want it to feel like permission to be anxious if that's how you're coming to this space. Yeah. Maybe this is the first time that you showed up somewhere. I want you to feel safe. I want you to feel that the safety of your emotions is honored. I want you to feel seen in that. I want you to feel like you can still connect with people even if it makes you nervous. Right. Or if you're on the other side of the spectrum and you're like, I am ready to get back in there. I want you to feel held too. And I I don't know how that looks, but I think that's the kind of thing like on a very specific level where it's just, and, and almost on kind of like a smaller layer of things. It's like, okay, this is just as simple as like safety and being in a space together physically. But it kind of speaks to this larger impression of like, we're all coming at this now from different experiences Mm -hmm. and how do we gather again in a way that allows us to feel still connected. Right. And I love that you pointed out that it is not like we're saying you have to show up and be anxious or you have to show up and be Mm -hmm. excited. Mm -hmm. It's about holding space for multiple realities, multiple lived experiences, which is what we should really all be doing all the time. Right. That's what I think many of us are aiming for is how do I create a community, whether virtual or in person, that allows people to show up in the fullness of <laughs> reggae horn who they are, um, and that's kind of what you're getting at is 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 the ability to cultivate that space. But I think it's really really important what you said, and I hope people who are listening to this can really absorb the permission giving that you're that you're offering. Not it's actually beyond permission giving. 
So when I'm saying permission giving, I'm saying the permission to like change and evolve over time. Mm. But it actually goes beyond permission. And it's more like, (laughs) how do I want to say it? Like living in the real world. Like recognizing that you're not a robot, recognizing mm-hmm. that you are impacted by things. And I do think that business wants us to be in a very, you know, masculine state of being mm-hmm. where there's like one right thing and we do it in one way and we, you know, charge forward no matter what. And we bring, um, you know, we leave the personal at home and we just bring the ideal worker to the workplace And that people don't want to see our messiness, so we leave that at home, no crying at work, all of these things. And I think what you're kind of getting at for me is sort of more of the feminine approach to business, which is like allowing for our wholeness, allowing for our emotions. Absolutely. Allowing for our evolution. And that that's not something you need permission to do. It's just more like we can't ignore that that's the reality of how it actually is to be a human in the world. Yeah, 100%. In fact... It actually, when you say it that way, it seems strange that we would ever operate in a way that's the opposite. Right? Like, why wouldn't we show up as exactly how we need to be? Like, why wouldn't we live intuitively to what, you know, it just feels like we actually started the opposite and now we're working our way back to what feels more natural. But there's dissonance there. There's dissonance because we are very well trained. Yeah. Um, I think Elizabeth Gilbert says it sometimes like you're like a well-trained like Calvinist worker um, where you've been raised in a culture that told you that that's the way to be and so a lot of us even if we're creating these brand new ways of being in the world and new Mm -hmm. businesses because we don't fit into other types of businesses that we see we still think we have to operate the business from that place of um, you know just show up just just do it. Just always be the hustle same. Always culture. be consistent. Hustle culture. Mm. We perpetuate the things that we're trying to avoid. One of my favorite questions always is like, how would your business build your business? So like, mm. how would Glassful build Glassful? Mm. And I think you're doing it. <laughs> Intuitively, you're saying, well, Glassful would say it's about the messy middle. It's about the evolution. It's about the fullness of who I am. So it's okay that those things are part of the process too. Mm, thank you for that. It it feels uh, soothing to hear that because so often it's easy for me to get away from that and for me to guilt myself and say mm-hmm. like, okay, you basically just have an Instagram blog with no real <laughs> offerings. You don't have a business, right? You know, like I, I get in my head about that a lot and I put a lot of pressure on myself. Like I don't even have a website up right now. Mm-hmm. And I I feel this kind of, pressure but I think the reason that it doesn't stress me out more is because deep down I know that that's not coming from me Mm. that's not coming from Mm. who I am that's not coming from my soul fueled work that I'm meant to do in this world that's coming from this societal expectation that I need to operate in a certain way and yeah I think you're right I think Glassful would build itself with this kind of like messy toddlery steps fumbling (laughs) while also holding space for it and giving myself that gentle compassion that I would give to somebody that I love that's Mm -hmm. just trying to figure out how to do something Mm -hmm. I think Glennon Doyle also has a similar expression I think she calls it the uniform it's this idea you step into this suit and mask Mm. that you enter the world in and that's how we're trained like you said it exactly that like you 
it's it's this social conditioning and these behaviors that are learned at such a young age in order to function optimally in society that are now necessary to question like mm-hmm. what's actually served mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. and I think another really important part for me and I hope for other people who are trying to figure out their businesses and what they want to offer is to also remember that like the value that you're going to give or the outcome that you're going for doesn't only happen at the end point of when you yes. figured this out you have given me so much value I mean, I'm also your friend, but like <laughs> from your business, right? Your business Glassful on Instagram has provoked thoughts and insights and new ways of seeing my my life and conversations that I have with friends and everything. That all still counts, you know, mm. even if you haven't figured out the perfect structure for all of your offerings, that you're still offering value and you're still getting something. Mm. Um, but I think we have this sort of end point mentality True. that like, we have to get to the end point before we're legitimate and before yeah. that counts for anything. That's such a such a good point. And it's also worth mentioning that value is quantified by you. Mm. Like value, like maybe maybe value for me is really just touching one heart. Yes. Maybe value for you is defined by helping one person in this world. And if that's what you do, then that you know, you know, like we get to decide that it yeah. doesn't need to be having like, I honestly feel terrified at the fact of the idea of having a bunch of followers or people like in that community space. Like I think it gets scarier, the bigger it gets. And For like, sure. that's maybe part of me having that fearful attitude around growth, but also knowing realistically, like I can't connect with people. Like I reply to every single comment on every single mm-hmm. post that I have. I reply to every single DM that I get. Mm-hmm. We have conversations. I put thought into everything that I communicate with the people that are there. Yeah. You can't do that when you scale in like a giant way like that. And I think that we are conditioned to believe like more is better, a million followers, maximum this, even when it comes to earning and financially, like it's like, I have to be at the most in this. And it's kind of like, well, what do you actually want and need like what do you like how can we readjust that and I think you know that is part of this larger conversation of like what we've been taught to expect Mm -hmm. but value and what what we assign to that is ours to decide Mm. especially as we're creating these slow businesses that that are intentional and that are looking at everything from a perspective of like does this need to be this way right right Reevaluating. Mm-hmm. I think that's so beautiful what you said that we define our own, we define value for ourselves. Mm-hmm. We define what makes our business a success for ourselves. Yeah. And it's not always easy for me to live in that. It's no. so easy to get caught up in like, oh, I should be having more followers. I should be, you know, like whatever it is, insert any infinite, <laughs> any external yeah. marker of quote unquote success. 100%. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's very easy, but like there are moments where I'm able to fall back and be like, you just had a nice conversation with that mom in, I don't know, somewhere, anywhere in the world that felt they had a moment of pause because you put, you know, like Mm -hmm. that is enough sometimes. Like that's me being a citizen of the world and caring and extending my heart and sharing. And I think that that's what matters. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so nice. 
This is not an ad, it's a pause. I've decided to build an intentional break into every episode of Slowpreneur because I know I'm throwing a lot of ideas and hopefully inspiration your way. And I wanted to give you a moment to integrate it, to not have to pay attention, to not have to absorb any more, to just marinate in what we've talked about so far and take a breath before we continue. Now let's get back to the show. Okay. The last thing I want to ask you about before we go to our relaxed reflections, Ooh. because I didn't want to do like a speed round, obviously, <laughs> aka the name of the podcast. I'm not yeah. going to do like rapid fire questions. The turtle wouldn't appreciate a speed the round. The turtle would not appreciate. So before we do that, I just want to give you the opportunity to talk to us about the training that you've been doing, which I think mm. represents a new chapter for Glassful as well. Yeah. So this is actually kind of my mini debut in talking about it. I like I haven't fully gone into it in detail anywhere else, but I am training to become a certified life cycle celebrant, which means that I will be able to officiate ceremonies. It started with weddings and then it evolved into ceremony in general and in the very glassful way, in a very, I think, authentically me way, it, it evolved a little bit more into what does it look like to create ceremony and ritual out of the moments of our life that require ceremony and ritual, but that maybe aren't met with the reverence that they deserve. Mm. So I, I will tease that a little bit. Haven't fully launched anything yet, but it's coming down the pipes and the way I kind of see myself and when I write about myself in my big dream journal, I am a ritual artisan. I am a creator of ceremonies. I am somebody who helps people by creating custom ceremonies for the moments in their life that are maybe not the big shiny ones, but the ones that when they look back, were deeply meaningful and impactful to them and needed to be celebrated and needed to be honored and needed to be marked with ritual. So that's what I'm moving into and I'm really, really excited about it and I can't wait to have more concrete offerings to talk about and we're doing a rebrand that kind of comes along with that. So lots kind of quietly in the works and it has been incredibly slow. It's not been a hustle to get there I'm still undergoing the certification to get there and I'm you know a lot of days not thinking about it with that full force of it but even now just describing it it feels exciting to think about and I can't wait to see what that kind of work allows in the community that I have and also in me because I'm sure that that's going to be really life-changing for me too Mm. I just need to like let it land for a second because I just think it speaks so much to what we were talking about this whole time of Mm. how do we, how do we notice, right? How do we notice and pay attention to the moments in our lives that need noticing? How do you bring your special magic dust that you're so good at noticing to those moments? Mm. And then how do you create rituals that allow people to be fully present in those moments and meet the moment? 
right? Totally. Because, you know, we're talking about coming out into the world after a period of hibernation and, and global trauma. We might need rituals for that, right? We might need mm-hmm. rituals for all kinds of things that have happened over the last few years. And it just strikes me that you're so beautifully positioned to offer that as a gift to us. So I'm so excited about it. Thank you. I am too. This is, I have never been somebody that has really ever known what I was meant to do. Mm -hmm. And Glassful honestly was born out of this like obsessive search for my purpose. Mm. And I did a lot of career hopping, like worked in three different industries within the first like 10 years of my career. And I just really... I felt like it should be a louder voice. Like I felt like it should be stronger. I felt Mm. like it should be like, this is what you're here to do. And (laughs) it never was like that for me. But what I did sort of step into is just learning how to love myself and learning how to know who I am and letting my authentic Julianness. sorry for cringily referring to myself in the third person. I will never do that again. However, it felt necessary in this time. <laughs> it's true. You're Julianne. My, my personness, which is unique just as you are unique, just as every single other person is. I'm not like incredibly special compared to other people. I'm just special compared to me because we all mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. And letting that shine and letting that be what guides what I offer to the world. And the second I was able to figure out like, oh, that's where the magic is. The magic is in you following your interests and like sharing more about the things that you like and care about. That's where, as I started to follow that, these things sort of fell into place. And it also, I met people like you, like Sonia from Nurture, who were able to sort of, and you know, also friends that have known me forever, who were able to kind of like, see that in you and maybe give words to what you're trying to do you know like I think the more you're uncovering that it becomes this big cycle of like oh you're meeting people that are meant to be in your space at this time even like the neighbor Beckys of the world who see you and in a way that maybe you don't always see yourself but you follow that and Mm. the light that they shine on you and the light that they hold you in allows you to kind of Mm. flourish yeah really which again just oh my gosh, it's all coming back full circle. That reminds me of your your whole thing about you going inward, but then as you mm. pour out, people then pour into you because the people around you are getting their glasses full and then they're pouring into you and helping you see yourself in a new light. It's just... You just really wrap that up in a nice little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Um, but what you've built is so beautiful and I'm so excited to see what comes next. But for now, I'm going to ask you my relaxed reflections, which mm-hmm. Sonia was responsible for the name Ugh. as per use. Actually, I think she said relaxed responses. And I said, but I want it to be a reflection because they do still want it to be like your first sort of reflex. Okay. But it doesn't have to be fast. So the first one is how do you take your tea? Ooh, okay. It depends on the tea, but, uh, if we're going for herbal, I just like it with a little bit of honey. Mm-hmm. My Timmy's order is two milk, one sugar. Yep. For uh, a t- for my tea, and uh, I like honey. I like a little bit of honey and some milk. Yeah, we take mm-hmm. it the same way. We, we do. We just had this. tea, and we take it the exact same way. <laughs> so I was cheating because I already knew. Okay, what is your favorite place on earth? Oh my goodness, my favorite place on earth. Okay, 
I don't actually have one specific place, but I have a couple of feelings that are, Mm. like, my favorite place to be in. Mm. And I think one of them is, like, uh, when Mr. Glassful is not working on, like, a Saturday morning and we can just cuddle in bed for, like, half an hour and be silly and just, like, enjoy each other's company. Like, that's one of my favorite places on Earth, Mm -hmm. which is really just a feeling of, like, love and safety. Yeah. Um, another favorite place on earth is like the loudness of my family and (laughs) Jamaican time, the smell of Jamaican time, onions and like dad cooking, music inevitably on, usually reggae, like cackling siblings in the (laughs) background, like mom, like, you know, like just everyone being in the same place, wherever that place is. Yeah. Just like the energy of loud fun like bubbly sibling familyness that's one of my favorite feelings and also just like chapter one of a really freaking you just know okay you just let's set the scene here let's set the scene here because i know this is going to speak directly to your soul yep You've just started chapter one of a really freaking good book. You know, it, it's an enemies to lovers romance. You know, it's going to be steamy <laughs> AF. Uh, you already have a crush on both leads. Yep. And you have nothing to do for the day. Ugh, the best. There's no sunshine guilt because it's a shitty day outside. Yes. We love. And you've got the coziest chair in the world. All the snacks. Your tea is made to perfection. And no one's home. So you don't have to feel no bad. One's you. <laughs> no one's gonna bother you. You're just ready to go. Ready yeah. to go with your book. You've got a little light on. Yeah. No, that ugh. That could be anywhere. But like a anywhere. little reading nook. Yeah. 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 And also just like watching a sunset. It doesn't matter where it is. I don't really get great sunsets where I am. I'm like northeast facing. However, I get like teasers of them, mm-hmm. but I just love the feeling of sunset. So, yeah, I don't, I kind of didn't really answer the question. I loved your answer. But I sort of did. It was a great answer. It was a great answer, and I love most of those feelings as well. Uh, What is the best book you've read lately? Ooh, okay, the best book I've read lately is, uh, it's actually two books by the same author. The Lost Love Song, which I know you're reading right now. I'm reading right now on your recommendation. Yes. And the other book by her is Starcrossed. I can't remember being so affected by a book. They're not necessarily sad, but I cried so much in both of them just Mm. at the way the author, Minnie Dark, I don't know if I'm saying her last name correctly, but it's Dark. Yeah. The way that she weaves a narrative together Mm -hmm. and brings all the disparate parts that seem disconnected, but they all come full circle. Like I just felt so much reading these books in a way that I hadn't in a long time and yeah they 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 sat with me for a while like if I felt sad when they were done I felt angry that she doesn't have more (laughs) and I'm like the best feeling absolutely going to be reading everything that she writes and those were recommendations from our book club actually Siler Sisters yeah yeah I love the Siler Sisters great taste okay and then the last question I have for you is what's something that you'd really like to buy yourself as a gift right now like have you had your eye on something but you're not pulling the trigger or does this prompt you to think about something you'd like as a gift Ooh, that's a good question i actually can't think of something off the top of my head for that i think 
maybe like a nice experience. We're going on vacation in June. We're going to uh, Portugal and the Azores. And I think like a really cool experience Mm. while on vacation. Like something like maybe whale watching. Like I've been kind of looking at the whale watching opportunities there. That's cool. Or like just like one of those like dinner type situations where it's like this perfectly special mm-hmm. location and you splurge a little bit. I, mm-hmm. I think that like oh. I'm, I'm looking not less less for things and more for like those like core memory moments. Yeah. 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 Such Julia answers. <laughs> I loved the Julia. I'm nothing if not consistent. <laughs> Well, Julia, this has been so wonderful. Thank you for having this conversation with me and for being on the podcast. Thank you. This is one of my favorite conversations that we've had. Mm, it's delightful. Thanks so much for listening to Slowpreneur. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend or reach out and let me know at hello at stephaniepellet.com. I would love to hear from you. As always, you can find show notes for this and all episodes at stephaniepellet.com slash Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you soon.